to give you some context, I study theology at the moment, and um, as part of that, I work alongside a church called Renault, which is based in Solihull, and I kind of work in their pastoral care department, uh, come out and do a little bit of preaching every now and then, and also get to help with the young adults and youth work over there. So I really love what I get to do, and it's just so great to be able to come and share some messages with you this morning. Pastor Rianne has told me that you've been looking at the series Hashtag Jesus, and in this series you've covered who Jesus is, what it meant for Jesus to be the Lamb, and what it means to walk in his light. And in between that we've had Good Friday and Easter Sunday, which is a great time for us as Christians. And today we're going to continue in in the Jesus series, looking at John 14. And today we're going to be looking at what it means to live a transformed life. Often when people talk about transformation, people skip right to the completion part. People don't actually take time to understand the transforming process that has to happen in order to go from one place to another. People look at the prized product. People don't realize that it could take your entire life just to transform something that was something into something that could be something. And I want us to look at the transformation process that enables us to live a transformed life. And as I said, transformation is less about a finished or prized product and more about the process of transforming from something that was to something that is and can be. Transformation is simply becoming less like us and more like God intends for us to be like, more Christ-like in our practice, in our behavior, and in our thinking. Being shaped, being molded more and more into the image of God because that's his desire for each and every one of us. That actually in everything that we do, in every day of our lives, our mission and our aim is to become more like him. To transform from our being into who he wants us to be. Throughout the Bible, transformation is often used to describe the process or the change or renewal from a life that no longer gets stuck or conformed to what the world expects. And operates then in a way that pleases God. If you wouldn't, if you've got your Bibles, or hey, switch them on, as we say back in our home church. And let's turn to John 14. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to take John 14 as our main text. And then from that, we'll explore a few ideas and hopefully end with a conclusion that will empower us in our daily living. So John 14, for some of you, although I'm sure that you're already aware of this, so I apologize if I'm saying something that you already know, John was one of the disciples, he was one of the apostles of Jesus, and he wrote one of the four Gospels, and he wrote these messages so that we would have an account of who Jesus was back then, and who he can be for our lives today. So John 14, the subheading in the translation that I'm reading from, which is the NIV, if anyone is interested is this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it's a super simple scripture, but hopefully you'll still get the truth that is within that this morning. So it says this, John 14, verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If if that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. 
And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered this, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. And by this point, you may have worked out that I'm going to be looking at Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. And as I said earlier, it's one of the most famous passages that people know. Even the unbeliever would know that Jesus said that. And it causes so much ambiguity, and for others, comfort, and for some, complete disbelief. Some can just not believe that Jesus was the only way to get to heaven. Now, this was pre-betrayal, it was pre-death, and it was pre-resurrection. And I believe Jesus reminds the disciples of these truths before those events took place to allow them to understand that he is in the process. He is in the transforming process. It's one of the I am statements of Jesus where he describes who he is. And therefore, this is why I think that it is so important for us to remember that these truths are fundamental truths to how we view our actions on earth. In this passage, Jesus senses that the disciples will be troubled when they hear of what's about to happen. They will be troubled as they hear of his departure and the hard times that are ahead. But he confidently commands them not to let their hearts be troubled or overtaken with anxiety, with dread and with fear. The absence of fear is the subject of an assured hope. A hope that is only found in Jesus. A belief, a belief in God And believe also in me, that I have gone to prepare a place for you. My Father's house has many rooms. It's God's house, not his hotel. You're not going to get thrown out if you do something wrong. There's a room for each of you, if you believe. If you believe in what's coming next. In him there's always a place to dwell. He never wants to leave you. He never wants to forsake you. He wants to provide you with a room in his house. In this passage, Jesus reminds the disciples, and as as a people who read the word, once again, that it is only through him that a way can be made. He has to go before so that we can follow. If that were not true, then Jesus could have actually stopped in death. He could have stopped in death. But it is through the resurrection that the life that was mortal could become immortal. That our flesh could be met with his spirit. Until he goes and went to be the lamb, until he went to prepare a way way for your sins and a way for my sins, if he hadn't have done that, then they would never have been accounted for. We would have still been living in sin and in confines of that. Every obstacle, every sin, every act that we've ever done that could have ever been questionable. And I'm sure that there are some of those in this room this morning that get in the way of us and the room in our Father's house is met through Jesus Christ. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. The very Jesus, the very Father who prepares, who has a place for you in his eternal presence, is the same Jesus And the same Father who is with you now and who wants to be present in your everyday. 
And that just kind of blows my mind, because although it's a simple concept, I don't think that we ever truly grasp the truth of what it's trying to say. The very Jesus, the very Father who prepares and who has a place for you in his eternal presence, is actually the same Jesus that wants to be with you in your everyday. That means when you go to work or college or go to the supermarket, the same Jesus who was concerned about you getting to him in the long term is concerned about how you live your life in the everyday. Sometimes the Christian walk isn't necessarily about doing something, something spectacular that's going to change a lot of lives. Actually, it's about living our ordinary lives well and showing them the love of Jesus. Showing people the true love of Jesus. So that our lives may be met with his eternal promise that though we may die, through him we have the promise of a life that only becomes greater and only gets better because we have something that the world can't offer. In other words, I go to prepare a place for you. And as I go, I become the way that you get there. I am the truth that you hold on to throughout every season to get there. I am the life, the eternal life, that you will enjoy when you dwell there. When he says, I go to prepare a place for you, he is saying this, I open the way and I show you the way. I confirm the truth and I am the truth. I purchased the life and I am that life for you. So Jesus the way. The bottom line of this truth is that when a father reaches out to their child when they're heading in a particular direction, they take the hand so that the child doesn't get lost or doesn't go in the wrong direction. They keep a grip because they know which way is best for them. They want them heading in the right direction. But here's what happened when I was growing up as a kid. My dad would go, would go out or would be out as a family and we'd be walking and he'd go to reach my hand, but before he knew it, I had already darted off in the wrong direction. And that usually ended up in upset. I'd usually have fallen over, or I would have headed in the wrong direction. I would have looked around. I wouldn't have been able to have seen them. Probably would have cried about the situation. And actually, he then came. He took me by the hand, and then he corrected me and pointed me in the right direction. And that's what Jesus does for us. He wants to take our hands and lead us in the right way. I want to remind us today as a people that the Father's hand was extended to us. Not so that we could live a mediocre, unsatisfactory life with no hope of a future or a promise. No, his hand extended through time, through space, relationships, bad decisions, a bad past and unsure future, and is met with the very sacrifice of himself, Jesus, to promise an authentic, satisfied, future-filled life, one with promise, one with hope, one with premise, and one with a promise that says this, where he is one day, you can dwell with me in my Father's house. Today I want to speak into the life of those here and also to those joining us on live stream today and say this, it has taken your entire life to get to today. But it is only in him that you get your tomorrow. Every day that you've ever lived up to now leads you to this point. But it's only in him that your tomorrow is guaranteed. It's taken your entire life to get to today.
But it's only in him that you get to tomorrow. It is only in him where your ashes can be exchanged for his beauty. Where a temporal body can be met with an eternal promise. Do you know that he is the way for your life this morning? Did you want to know a simple but yet profound truth? Heaven was inaccessible to us before Jesus. Jesus paved the way through an earthly body so that we may know what freedom from sin could feel like. Christ did not ascend to heaven to present himself to the Father for his benefit. He did it for our benefit so that we may know the truth and that the truth could set us free. Jesus, the truth. Jesus came to set the story straight. The reason why Jesus came was to destroy, eradicate, get rid of the lie of the enemy. If heaven now owns that vacant tomb, how great is the truth? How great is the hope that lives and dwells within each and every one of us? The beautiful truth that Jesus comes to offer is this. You can trade in who you used to be to become all that he knows that you can be. You can trade in who you used to be and become all that he knows that you can be. Where the devil signs you to death, Jesus came to set you up for life. Where the world says you're this and you're that, Jesus says this. To those who believe, you will be called my child, my son, my daughter. With you I am well pleased. Where sin shouts strong about your past, his truth rocks in. It shuts the lie of the enemy down and shouts so loud about your future. That the things that used to confine you and stop you now are broken from you so that you can live compassionate lives that represent what the love of a resurrected Jesus can only do. That truth then doesn't just stop with you. It transforms you. You go through the transformation process. You live through that process that only he can offer. And from that, the life that you thought brought shame upon you becomes the same life that saves those that are around you that saves your colleagues, that saves your unsaved family members. Because the way that we behave and the things that we do, whether we like it or not, are being watched. So how we live needs to be in accord to his truth, so that the life that once confined us because of the confines of sin is broken from us so that we can save and change and transform those that are in our way. When a world distinguishes love as something so different to what it is intended to be, we have a responsibility to point people to true love, to Jesus Christ. To the depth that we are prepared to trust him will determine on how fast and how thorough we get to live in the purpose and the promises of God. <clears throat> to the depth that we are prepared to trust him will determine on how fast and how thorough you live in who God has made you to be. Truth is truth. Jesus is the truth. And truth sets you free. And if truth brings you freedom, and Jesus is the truth, then your best life is one that pursues him above everything else. That means that he is in every detail of your life, because he is concerned about every detail of your life. So Jesus, the way, Jesus, the truth, and Jesus, the life.
Did you know that Jesus not only comes to bring you a life of abundance, but a life that reflects the abundance of his grace? The funny thing about grace, right, is that it always seems unfair until you need some. When you look at other people and you're like, oh man, they're behaving badly, but yet they seem to still be rocking up at church and having a great time on a Sunday, you can get a little bit peeved about that. You can feel a little bit upset about that. But you know what? When the shoe is on the other foot and you need a little bit of his grace, the tables kind of change. Recognize the grace that he gave for your life, but also recognize the grace that he extends for those that are around you as well. Now, that's not a get-out-of-jail card, no. We all will have to give an account. But it does mean that how we live is, is important, and how we view others is important, and how we respond to people when we know that they've been doing things that they shouldn't be doing is also important. Because the same grace that he extends to us, we need to learn to extend to other people. He came so you could experience grace in all its fullness. You weren't created to live a life that's writ off because of one bad mistake. Jesus came so that your life would be changed and so that you could change lives. You see, when we grasp that Jesus is the way, the truth, the only next really logical step is something that gives you life, that brings you life. And I believe that's because when you know the way and you know his truth, you can't help but live in all that he has for you in all of the things that he has for you. Because if you're living in his truth and you're doing what is expected and required of you, then you can't help but live in the promise that he has for you. If he gives you life and he is the beginning and end of time, the author and the finisher of your faith, then the life that sometimes we get disgruntled with, the life that sometimes we get trapped by, is not a result of the life giver not giving you a direction or a truth that brings freedom and hope, it's because your, your attention is distracted. <laughs> Jesus is not a God of distortion. He is a God of direction. <laughs> if only we paid attention to him a little bit more than ourselves, we may realize that actually his direction is perfect. If he has set a way that is above all things, then he requires that you follow him in the way, that you believe and set your heart on the truth, and that you would give him your life so that he can do what only he can do. So what does it mean to live a transformed life this morning? It means that you've accepted Jesus, that he reveals to you a life worth living when in accord to his words, living righteously, not being, by, not being bound by a world that imprisons, but living a life that has been set free through first his sacrifice and then his resurrection. The way to God is through a personal faith in Jesus Christ. Intellectual, intellectual acceptance of Christ is not enough. You must come to him determined to turn from what displeases him. You have to let him invade and transform and shape and mold every area of your life. It means that you make an effort to be aware of the truth. When deciding to be a Christian, it requires that you live a life that is different to the world. That means when they say 
yes to something that is against his word, you stand up for what you believe in and say, no, Jesus says this and he is stronger and he came in to affect and transform every area of our lives. The gospel that we get exposed to is a radical one. It shapes and transforms everything about who we are. And therefore, naturally, it should affect every area of our life. When you surrender everything you are to his plan for your life, you can't help but behave differently. When you say, Jesus, transform all of my life, you can't say, have this part, but I'll just hold back onto this part. Because, you know, I'm happy for you to deal with that stuff over there. But the way that I am at home, like, I'm quite happy with the way that I do things. Change my work, change my relationships with friends. But how I behave at home, no, I'm okay with that. No, when you open up your hearts to Jesus to transform your life, it means he wants all of you. He doesn't just want part of you. He wants to come in, he wants to rock in, and he wants to change the whole of who you are. Why? So that you can be a better person. So that you can live how he intends for you to live. I think sometimes when the going gets tough, I'm not going to break into song, but when the going gets tough, sometimes, right, we can go back to our default way of living. Because when something hits us in the face, we're like, I'm not worthy anymore. Surely God wouldn't be pleased with me with that. So what we do is we stop going to church. We isolate ourselves from our Christian friends. And we start reverting back to our old way of living. We start doing the things that used to make us feel alive or going and trying to find things that help us find escape. But the only true resurrected life that we can live is one through Jesus Christ. And you know what? Despite the things that we may do, despite the things that we get wrong, and I'm sure we still do get things wrong because I do, and if I do, then I'd like to think that you do. And if you don't, then you're a much better person than what I am. Um, You know? He still loves you despite what you do. He still loves you despite your faults. Because you know what? The grace, although it's not a get-out-of-jail card, his grace covers all. It's extended to all. And it means that he can come in and he can change your life if only you let him. He can transform every part of your life if only you allow him. And I want to encourage you that you're never too far gone. You never can do anything that stops you from being in his will, because you know what the same love that he had for you on the first day that you gave your life to him is the same love that he has for you today and will be the same love that he has for you tomorrow because he goes to prepare a place, not so that you can be left here without a hope or a future. He goes to prepare a place in the hope and in the prospect that one day that place will be filled by you as well. When you surrender everything you are to his plan for your life, you can't help but behave differently. And when you know whose you are, you'll get to know who you are. Sometimes I think we come to church, we sing all the right songs, we say all the right things, but deep down in our hearts, we don't truly grasp what God's done for us. We don't truly grasp that we can be loved by a God that came to transform the entire world. And you know what? What I would like to say to you today is just get to know him a little bit better. Tomorrow may not go how you plan, but don't let that be a write-off. Get to know him a little bit better. Tomorrow may be full of joy. If it is, celebrate the joy. If tomorrow is a day of sorrow, you know what? Celebrate the fact that he is in the sorrow and that he wants to know you better. Take every day as an opportunity to get to know who he is in your life. 
so that you can live a transformed life. This just catapults you further forwards into the life that he has for you. Because when you live in the direction that he brings you to and are in line with the truth of who he is and what he does for you and what you can do for others, then the life that he promises you, you get to fully live. Remember this this morning, that Jesus is concerned about every detail of your life. He's interested in how you respond to his transforming process and whether you're prepared to engage in the transformation that only he can initiate. You can't do it on your own. You can try. You'll fail. Just as a heads up, get to know him. Allow him to shape, transform, completely, completely change your world. And he will be with you in the process. Today, Jesus is with you in the process. And all that he asks of you is that you engage in it. And Jesus said this, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am that life. And Jesus looks to the future of what will be. He ensures a space for our security and our comfort. But to get to that space, to join him in that place, we need to know and follow and respond to the way. So I want to extend this question to you this morning. Are you in? Are you in? And do you know what? If you're not, allow this right now to be an opportunity to say I am. And if you are, but you feel like you've maybe living in a way that isn't quite in line with his truth, then also use this opportunity right now as I pray to say and to respond to that call. Are you in? Yeah. I'm all in. Because you know what? When you live with God, you can't be half in the truth and half in the world. You have to say, no, I'm in the truth, I'm living in the truth, and I'm following in your way. So let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you for today. We want to thank you for the fellowship that we've had together. Lord God, I want to pray for each and every person gathered here today. And I want to pray that you will give them a fresh revelation as to who you are. Lord God, I pray that they will know that you are with them in the process that you are completely concerned about every detail of their lives. Lord God, I want to pray for them as they set out into their week, that they will go with boldness and bravery and with courage and know that you are the way, that you are the truth, and that you are the life. Lord God, I want to thank you that you are with us at all times, even when it may feel like the world is a little bit cloudy, even when we wake up and sometimes our heads feels a little bit foggy. Lord God, we want to thank you that you are with us. You never leave us, and that is your promise to us. Lord God, as we head out from here, may we be encouraged to get to know each other and get to know you better than what we did when we walked in. Father, bless us as we go. Amen. Hey, thank you so much. Um, I'm not sure whether that's what you wanted. It's okay, because if you didn't like it, you don't have to see me again. I'm only a visiting speaker. So if you didn't like it, it's fine. You won't have to see me next week. Um, But hey, I hope that some of you will be able to take something from that. And do you know what? My biggest encouragement will always be this. A life with him is better than a life without him. So get to know him as much as you can. All right, God bless you. Thank you so much.